0: Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. My thoughts, they're not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Your pastor so eloquently said it when you can't t- trust God or when you can't track God, you got to trust Him. And sometimes all you can do is just trust the Lord. And that's what He said cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. Don't hold on to them. I'm going to talk to somebody today. You're not strong enough. To handle all your things in life. Too heavy. But God will help you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. I want you to tell him. He's going to speak to you today. And you may be seated. Now for the next few minutes. I'm going to be very plain. I'm going to be very honest. Transparent. And um, Pastor May, you may wonder where did that pastor get that guy. But I'm going to say some things that you've always wanted to say. But I'm going to say it for you. Sometimes some things just don't make sense. There's no logic in it. There doesn't have, there's no reasoning behind it. Uh, Even the preacher of Pentecost said this in his book in the second chapter of second Peter. He said in which some things are hard to understand. And I believe we all can say amen to that. So with that said, there are, there are many things, and hear me well, there's many things in this book that I have a hard time understanding. Matter of fact, there's many things in this book that I totally disagree with. Now, I'm not saying God is wrong, and I'm not saying the book is wrong. I just personally disagree with some of the things and how they played out. My title today is God and I, we don't always agree. Now, let me just, uh, for introduction's sake, kind of share some things that I I, I, I don't see uh, why it played out like that or why God even, you know, uh, treated things this way. Uh, you can go to Joshua chapter 7, and you'll read about a man by the name of Achan. Uh, he stole... Uh, a piece of silver that was worth about $57.10. He stole a wedge of gold and he stole a robe. To which God said, I want you to stone the whole family. I want you to kill his daughters, his sons, his cats, his dogs, his sheep, and his cattle. And when you get finished killing them, I want you to burn all of them. Now, that's pretty tough punishment. Maybe jail a few weeks or days or years. Maybe prison for life, but kill them and then burn them. Matter of fact, Punish Achan if you want to. Because his wife and his kids and his daughters and his animals, they didn't steal anything. Now, I disagree with God the way he handled this. God and I, we don't always agree. And what about the first chapter of Job? In Job 1, six. The Bible says, this is the new translation. One day the members of heavenly court, they came to present themselves before the Lord. Now this is the angels had to check in with God. And the accuser, Satan, he came with them. Now what's this? And the Lord said unto Satan, what what have you been doing? And Satan says, well... I've just been taking a stroll through the earth, just walking up and down in it. Verse 8, and the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Can you believe that? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't need the Lord sickening me on the devil. I don't need him reminding the devil about me. Verse twelve, and the Lord said to Satan, "Behold, all that he has, it's in your power." Now, Job didn't deserve that. In The very first book of Job, or the first uh, at the very first of the book, it says, "Job." was a man, he was perfect, he was upright, he feared the Lord, and he shunned evil. You can't get any better than that. He would rise up in the morning, he would pray for all of his kids. Not that they did wrong, just pre-adventure they had sinned. Not once a week, not on prayer meetings, continually every day. Do you get that? And it was God who told the devil go after him. What about what happened to Lot's wife? Now folks, all she did was look back. She didn't go back. She just Look back. If that be the case, I'm in trouble. I think somewhere in this book it says that no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back that we're not even fit for the kingdom of God. Can I ask you a question? Don't raise your hand. Have you ever looked back? Got a lot of salty people in here. What about this? Do you know who God said was the wisest man on the earth? Solomon. I disagree with that. Any guy that's got 700 wives. And 300 girlfriends. He's not too smart. Pardon me, but I got a problem with that. I got a problem with the man that God called a man after my own heart. Now, come on, folks. This guy had some problems. This fella had some behavior blemishes he was a peeping tom he was an adulterer he was a stealer and he was a murderer i think he had a problem and god calls him a prophet i don't always agree with god i don't believe rahab should have been mentioned in the 11th chapter of the book of hebrews along with all the other heroes of faith. People, she wasn't a saint. She was a hooker. <laughs> I'm not making that up. If she would have attended some of the churches that I've been to, she, she would have got nothing but sneers and haughty, uh, haughty looks, handshake, nope. And then God turns around and puts her in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And God used a virgin to save the world, but he used a harlot to save a nation. Meaning this, your past is no excuse to keep you from being used of God. What about Jacob? You think, think about his title. The Lord says he's going to be a prince and has power with men and God. Now, I don't get that. He deceived his brother and his daddy, and he turned around getting an inheritance blessing. He's given the priestly rights to the family. And God named a special nation after him called Israelites. And then he gets in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Now, I personally believe that Jacob had a problem. Because any man that would stay home and cook, then go deer hunting, I got a problem with him. He probably wore a pinky ring and probably wore skinny jeans. I don't know. I don't know. But God and I don't always agree. I don't believe it was right for Moses to miss the promised land. He got a job he didn't ask for, trying to lead people to a place they didn't even want to go. He performed miracles. He received commandments. But all he did was lose his temper. Has anybody ever lost their temper? And he missed the promised land. I don't believe that God should have made Isaac marry somebody he'd never seen before. Now, I know God looks at the heart. But you got to look at your wife every morning when you wake up. Hosea was a prophet, and God commanded him to take an unfaithful woman as a wife. Hosea 1 and 2, and the Lord said to Hosea, go, take unto thee a wife of whoredom." And her name was Gomer. Her middle name was Pa. Matter of fact, Hosea named his third child Loamai being interpreted as not mine. She finally left him, thank God, and Greyhound, and and then, after she was gone a while, then God told Hosea, Go back to town to the flea market. They're having an auction over there and buy her back. Yeah. I don't believe Peter should have preached on the day of Pentecost. Hmm. Peter's that guy that just 50 days prior to Pentecost, he was lying and he was cussing just a little over a month and he was denying the faith and God turned around and gives him the keys to the kingdom. Now if he'd have came up in a church that I came under. He couldn't get, he couldn't take communion for a year. He couldn't get on a platform for a year. He couldn't sing for a year. He couldn't teach a Sunday school class for a year. All he could do was mow the church lawn and pay tithes. They never did take it paying tithes away. Listen to this. What about the thief on the cross? Now, this dude didn't do one solitary thing but trust in Jesus Christ. And he gets a pre pass. To heaven. He never followed the Lord or ever took time to listen to any of his teaching. He never believed in his miracles. He broke every commandment he could. Yet in his dying breath, all he said was, this man does nothing amiss. He doesn't make mistakes. You catch that? This man done nothing wrong. All this thief done was trust in the Lord. And he was confident that God made no no mistakes and that he had never done anybody wrong. And this guy steps into paradise because Jesus said unto him, barely, barely, I say unto thee, thou shalt be with me today in paradise well wow. now logically speaking from the human standpoint I have a lot of disagreements with God. God and I don't always agree but I can truly say and want to say that our God has never done anything amiss. He's never making made a mistake. Do I trust God's judgment more than mine? Yes. Because our God has done nothing amiss. Because I am convinced that God is right, whether I agree with it or not. And our God, He doesn't have to answer to us, He just thinks He's God. And he acts like it in Matthew chapter 20 there's a story Jesus tells it the kingdom of heaven is like a man that is a householder Jesus is speaking down he said the goodman of the house says whatsoever he does it is right whatever happens he's right In verse 4 And the good one of the house said unto them, Go ye into the vineyard, and whatsoever is... That's what I'm going to give you. But I believe that the good one of the house, he was smart. He knew humanity, and he expected somebody to disagree. And uh, so he says it the third time. He said unto them, Whatsoever, in verse 7, Whatsoever is right... That shall ye receive. Now, what's this? In verse 13, he says to one of them, Friend, I don't do you any wrong. There was some questioning. Some went to work at 7 o'clock in the morning. Some went to work at 9. Some went to work at 11. Some went to work about 4 o'clock, and they all got off at 6. That's the truth. And then when it come time for the paycheck, they all got the same. But people are nosy, you know. So the guy that went to work on 7 o'clock, he kind of stood around. And when the guy who showed up right at quitting time, he kind of looked over the Goodman's shoulder. And he got the same thing that he got because we nosy folks. And when he saw that he got the same thing that he did, he got upset. And this is when he answered him and said, Brian, I don't do you any wrong. That's what we agreed for. He said, whatsoever is right, that's what you're going to receive. Now, listen, you and I may never see the logic in things, and we may never see the reasoning behind things, And it doesn't always make sense. But I have learned to entrust my life to the almighty God. Even though I don't understand it and God's thoughts are not mine and his ways are not mine, I have learned to trust the methods of the Lord. Romans 8, and we know, that all things work together, all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Life is full of challenges, and life will test your faith. I'm preaching to somebody right now, and I just want to say bad things happen to good people. several years ago there was a hurricane we live down by the gulf and so uh and so hurricane come through there and i'm telling you it just tore us up and just a big old oak tree you couldn't put your arms around fell right through our house and it was a mess and and so it devastated us and and so uh, we had to live in a motor home for a long time and so Brother Merle Ewan, and he was in Lake Charles. They got also. They got hit pretty hard too. And so Brother Ewan called me. I'll never forget. And he said, "Well, Bub," he said, "How did y'all fare the storm?" Huh. I said, "Brother Ewan," I said, "Man, God was good to us, but I said I about lost my home, and uh, it looked like a just a, a tornado bomb went through my yard and." And he said, well, bub, we prayed. We got in the living room and prayed for that thing to go around us. And, bub, that thing just went all around us. Didn't come mess up nothing. We just had to rake a few leaves. That's it. I prayed. I asked God for it to go around too. But it didn't. Not hearing me. matter of fact I had to go buy some groceries and so I got myself a little cart and I was in there and picking up a few little things and I finally got in line you know and there was a lady in the front of me and then a lady checking out and I was right here and this this lady in the front checking out she turned and asked this one right here she said uh, well how did y'all bear the storm she said oh our, our family got right in the middle of the living room, and we prayed for that thing to go right over us. She said we wasn't even touched. I grabbed my buggy <laughs> Because I didn't want her to turn and ask me, aren't you the preacher? Yeah. How's your house? Listen, folks, hurricanes do hit holy people, and tornadoes do touch down on church houses. But you can rest assured that whatever God allows, it is right. For our God doesn't make any mistakes. You're not going to see the logic in it. You're not going to see the reasoning behind it. But God knows. There's a song that we used to sing years ago, and we'll understand it better by and by. But I'm convinced that when we get into heaven, we won't care what happened. We're just glad to be there because whatever is right, that is what God is going to give to us he said in isaiah 55 my thoughts they're not your thoughts and neither are your ways my ways saith the lord and as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts listen to the man after god's own heart he said in second samuel the Lord is my rock and my fortress, and he is my deliverer. He is the God of my rock, and in him will I trust. Second Samuel 22, as for God, his ways are perfect. His, the word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to them that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord and who is a rock save our God. God is our strength and our power and he maketh my way perfect. We just trust in God. Everything that God does is perfect. It's perfect. Psalm 37 5. Commit your ways unto the Lord and Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Psalms 118 and 8. It's better to trust in the Lord than it is to put your confidence in man. Psalms 125 and 1. They that trust in the Lord are going to mount up Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Proverbs 3 and 5, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. We have to learn in these days of turmoil and trials that we have to trust God. Abraham had never heard a preacher there was no church to attend, there was no laws to live by, but like a captain without a compass, an explorer without a map, that mysterious Columbus of his soul made him leave friends and family and jobs and land, and he was called the father of us all, looking for a city whom foundation and builder and maker is God. All he had was faith for a compass, God for a companion, heaven for a goal, and eternity in his heart. And he made it. Psalms 2 and 12. Blessed are all they that put their trust in the Lord. Now let me... uh, This is free of charge. This won't cost you nothing here. We can trust our kids, our children, our babies to daycare workers. And we don't even know them. We trust school teachers with our little ones for six, seven hours a day. And they could be an atheist, and we don't even know it. We trust our teenagers, teenage daughters with guys who are jerks. And we should have shot them the first time we saw them and told God they died. We trust our hearts with surgeons <clears throat> that they may be on meth. And we eat at restaurants. We don't even know who the cook is. And we don't even know what the kitchen looks like. But when it comes to the Bible, we want to doubt it. I just don't know if I believe all that. I just don't know that that's what I ought to do. We believe everything the newspaper says. We believe everything Facebook says. But we question everything the Word of God says. We're going to a town and, and uh, we're looking for a convention center and and uh, we don't really want to ask nobody, but sometimes you just lost and you need to get there. And and so, you know what we do? We we see this guy on the corner and uh, and we stop and said, do you know where the convention center is? Oh, yeah, I know. And that cat's so drunk, he don't know the difference p- between a street light and a moon. And he just kind of, Go that way. Two blocks. When you get over there, then you turn uh, this way. And you go two blocks, and it'll be on your right. You know what we do? Drunk as a skunk. We go two blocks, turn right. And two blocks, you turn left. But we hesitate when the man of God comes to the podium. And he said, I heard from the Lord last night. And this church is going to go here. We're headed in this direction. And we all, after even taking direction from a drunk, we will question what the man of God who who has taken us to heaven, we will doubt his word. I believe it's time that you and I give ourselves to God and just know that God is in control of everything and he has a man that is leading and guiding us. And I'm going to trust both. (laughs) Heard the story and you probably heard it about the battleship that was coming into inland waters and there was a bright light that was in their path and it uh, bothered the captain and so he told the guy on the radio, he said, I want you to radio ahead, and, and I want you to tell that ship to move over to the right. A few clicks, and, and so he did. And when he got back, he said, what would he say? And he said, uh, he didn't say anything. And he said, well, I'm not changing. And so he kept going, and for long, he said, you better tell them again, because I'm not changing. And so he went on, he sent a message again, and said, uh, captain said, you need to move over five or six clicks. And uh, didn't hear back from him. And finally, the, the captain of the ship got really mad, and he said, you radio back over there, and you tell them that we are a battleship, and it better get out of the way, because I'm coming through. And he got a mat- message back and said, we are a lighthouse. We can't move. Folks, we got a book. We got a church that is a lighthouse. We can't move. If God says it in his word, we obey it. We live. If anybody's going to move, we're going to move over. You cannot change God's word You just better learn to trust it. The book is not a modern millstone to be tied around your neck. It is a lifeline to get us to heaven. It is said concerning this book, heaven and earth may pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. This word of God is our compass. Don't argue with it. Don't try to outguess it. You just believe it and follow it. Praise God. Listen to the conclusion here of Job. Job 33 and 13. Why dost thou strive against him, God? For he giveth not an account of his matters. God just don't take the time out. To tell us what he's going to do. Some of you today, you may have lost a loved one and questioned God. You may have went through a divorce and wondered why, and you may have had a miscarriage and it may break your has broken your trust with God, and you may have had a spouse. Or a child that's been lost to uh, accidents or so forth. Just about four or five months ago, I lost my son and my pastor. Some of you probably already know and thank you for praying. My son committed suicide. It never was so devastated in my life. And the wife and I are still stepping softly through this. But I shared a few things with your pastor. God has been there with us all along the way. Did we question? Yeah. Did we wonder what went on? Oh, yeah. I still got a lot of questions that are not ever going to be unanswered. But I want to tell you one thing. I found a peace of God and hope in the Lord when I learned to give it to Him. Hallelujah. Whatsoever is right, that's what God's going to give to us. Isaiah 55 and 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Psalms 139, how precious also are thy, thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. Jeremiah 28, for I know the thoughts of them that think towards me, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and you bring about an expected end. Don't ever forget, we all go through seasons, but seasons change. But God is always the same. One season, David was a shepherd in solitude. The next season, he was a king. One season, Ruth was working like a servant in a field. The next season, She owned the field. One season, Mordecai was sitting outside the king's palace. The next season, he was inside the palace. We serve a God who can turn things around, and God knows best. Let's stand. If you've lost a loved one, and I don't want to embarrass you. I stood here and I shared my heart. You may have a son on drugs and you may have a husband that's an alcoholic. And my son committed suicide. So we all have struggles and trials in this world. But I want you tonight to get ready. I want you to come down and we're going to, or today, I want you to come down and give these things to the Lord. And you're going to be a better saint of God. You're going to worship better. You're going to love people better. You're going to enjoy church better. And I want you to think about it, the things that maybe have been troubling you. And I know what you've been through. I know I've been there. A true story there was a family in Longview, Texas I read this in a newspaper while I was preaching there several years ago there was a family there just a few children and there was a husband and wife and he would go to work in the morning and he would work long hours and Friday he would come home and he'd just give his wife just a small meager allowance there and she would make it stretch and she'd go buy groceries and she would uh make clothes for the kids and she'd stretch those dollars out and that went on they lived in just a little shotgun house and and uh they were known to live on the poor side of town and and that went on for years and then finally her husband passed away suddenly and it blurred her she didn't know how they was going to live after this and so one day she was cleaning the house and she got to his chair where he sits at the supper table and she turned it upside down and there was a note she opened that little note up and it was from her husband and he said I know you're a clean freak and I knew eventually you would find this he said follow the instructions and so she opened it up and it read go up in the attic and go all the way across to the other end and there's a chest over there open it up in that chest there is a uh, shoe box boot box and I want you to open that up and it's for you So she hurriedly went up and went up to the attic and across and went to the the trunk and she found the box, opened it up. And in that box was $1.2 million in cash. Well, you know how the media is. So the media came and said... So what do you think about your husband now, huh? Made you live in poverty, made you struggle all your life, had nothing but problems making things meet. What do you think about him now? And what she said was a classic. She said, I don't know that I ought to love him or I don't know if I ought to hate him For what he has put us through. Or I ought to love him for setting us up for life. And sometimes we feel the same way. We don't know that we ought to hate him. For what he's put us through. Or we ought to love him. Because he is setting us up. For eternal life.